0: Today, I have a very special guest joining me. Her name is Stephanie Kay, and she's a registered holistic nutritionist and graduate of the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. Stephanie also has a food blog, an amazing Instagram account. She does like TV presentations, works in partnership with food organizations and restaurants in the city of Ottawa. I mean, the list goes on and on as she's really making her mark here in the city of Ottawa, which is fabulous because she is so great to work with. The main reason I wanted to bring her onto the show is to have a real candid discussion about food. I personally love her philosophy around eating. As I find she brilliantly helps people create long-term habits in their diets to reset the way that they look at food forever. I'm really looking forward to speaking to Stephanie today, so here we go. So hey, welcome, Steph.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: This is exciting.
1: It is very exciting. So
0: Rumor has it that this is your first ever podcast.
1: It is my first ever podcast. I'm new to the podcasting game, but I'm excited.
0: That's pretty cool. Well, this is only my third interview. so Hey,
1: third time's a charm. Right? Yes. Hey, awesome. Okay,
0: so I am super pumped that you're here today because um, food. Food is a huge part of my life. And um, a, food, a huge part of everyone's life, I'm assuming. Very true. Um, but the importance of good quality food. Um, I've learned a lot from you through working at Pure Kitchen. Yep. Um, for those of you that um, don't know, Stephanie Kay is one of the nutritionists that works at Pure Kitchen where I work. Um, and we have collaborated a couple of times. We have. <laughs> We've done
1: a couple cooking videos. no big deal. <laughs> yeah. so
0: I'm sure you guys have seen her on my stories. We have a lot of fun. We make some food. Um, but yeah, I brought you in today because I love your philosophy on food. but before Thank you. before we get to that, though, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Like what's your background
1: about me? You want the full story?
0: I want the full
1: story. you want the full story. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm a registered holistic nutritionist. Um I run, run a food blog and some online programs. Uh, My background is actually not in nutrition. So this is, I like to say this is my second career. So previous to this, I used to work in marketing and sports marketing. I worked for a couple sports teams when I lived in Toronto. Um, At the time, I absolutely loved it. Had a total blast. Do not regret doing it whatsoever. But as I was doing it, I started realizing, you know, maybe this is not what I want to do until I retire. I don't see myself being a full full grown adult still doing this and my real passion um was always like fitness and nutrition and food and I would literally sit at my desk and google things about nutrition when I was supposed to be working and I always want to learn more and more about it so long story short eventually I just decided that I was going to follow my passion for food and I went back to school to become a nutritionist and here I am now amazing yeah I think so
0: Okay, so let's talk about your philosophy then and tell the listeners, you know, what you've what you've told me and what has sort of, you know, connected me to you.
1: <laughs> For sure. I think um Well, I think most people would agree that nutrition is like a really confusing industry. It doesn't matter where you look it up. Everything is contradicting so many different types of diets, things to do, things not to do. Um, And essentially, when I before I even went to school, I was exactly that person. And I was so confused. I didn't get it. I was trying to find the silver bullet. I was like, what am I what am I not doing that I should be doing? Like, what am I missing? Why can't I figure this out?
0: I, I have to agree, I'm exactly the same yeah. working in the sports world, in the performance. We had nutritionists working with the teams. We had it it was it eventually became so confusing that I just didn't do it anymore. I just didn't give
1: a shit. Totally, totally. Um yeah, so I just decided, okay, I need just to figure this out for myself. I just wanna understand it. I'm sick of basically like reading in women's health magazine and like yeah. watching the doctor i show to learn about nutrition i want to get right in there and i as i went to school um school's really intense and you learn a lot about different therapeutic diets for different illnesses or health concern or whatever it might be and i was like that's great i get it i love it but i was like this still feels this is almost making it more complicated to me than when i first started out i was like oh god i just opened pandora's box like i'm learning more information <laughs> i don't know what to do with this all all of this um, so of course, came out from, from school, guns a blazing, was like, I know everything, I'm going to cure everyone, I'm going to fix everyone, thought I was so smart. Um, <laughs> I'm sure most people do. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, when I started actually working with people in one-on-one and talking to people, what I actually started realizing is that it's not necessarily knowledge about nutrition that people need. Um, for one, I would talk to people and most people just genuinely didn't know how to cook Mm-hmm. Um, so they were reliant on buying pre-made things, frozen things because they didn't know how to, you know, something as basic as hard boiling eggs. I would literally say to someone, you know, bake chicken, you know, make a salad, hard boil eggs. And they would look at me deadpan and be like, how do you hard boil eggs? I was like, okay, this is, is that you? <laughs> that sounds like me. No, I can hard boil eggs, but like, wow, that sounds exactly like uh,
0: me.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. So I started doing that. Um, um, so that was kind of, Part of what started me wanting to share a lot of recipes. I share a lot of that on my website. Um, But even as I started doing that, I started realizing that if you just compare, like, it doesn't matter what type of diet you look at, vegetarian, vegan, paleo, Atkins, keto, they all foundationally have the same principles. Like they might not agree on every type of food, but foundationally they agree on the same thing. And that's actually the quality of the food that you're eating. In my opinion, I feel like you can do any type of diet really, really well, but you can also do any type of diet really poorly. So, um, I think that the one thing that they all agree on is, um, the fact about eating real food. So if I had to give one piece of nutritional advice to anyone, didn't matter what their goal was, gain weight, lose weight, sports, doesn't matter what it is. The first thing I would say is just focus on eating real food and only that. So
0: yeah. What is real, real food?
1: Yeah. That's what I find is funny is everyone's like, okay, cool. What is whole foods? What is real foods? Like what is healthy quote unquote? The way that I define it is it's just one ingredient. So it's an egg, a sweet potato, a piece of spinach. Anytime that you're buying something that has even two ingredients, even three ingredients, four, five, 15 ingredients, you're no longer buying real food. It's essentially just processed food. Um, so, so, to... so, so wait, say that again. Yeah. I, I want you to
0: just say that whole thing. <laughs> say that all again. again. What is real food?
1: Like... So, so to me, real food only comes from three places. It has to be one ingredient. That's the first rule. And the second rule is it only comes from three places. So it comes from a plant or it was a plant. It comes from an animal or it was an animal or it comes out of the ocean. So, or water, lake, whatever, be it like seafood or seaweed or something like that. And if it's not from any of those places, it's no longer considered real food. The only caveat that I make is if you're at home and you're putting a bunch of ingredients together to make like a stir fry, that's cooking, that's not like called processing. <laughs> but if you're buying a jar of this or the box of crackers, even though it might say they're healthy on the label or they're high in this or low in that, it's no longer real food.
0: Interesting, I, 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 I love that so much, it's so cool, okay. I think, it's, I think it,
1: it's so simple that it's so not obvious. It's almost like, that's what it is for most people, it's like, oh my God, why didn't I look at it like that before?
0: Yeah. Like, so for when I, I guess uh, my first experience eating real food or whole food was when I decided to like do a clean eating diet and everybody thought I was insane because I wasn't eating any processed food. I mean, I did cut out alcohol and caffeine, which which is a little bit on the insane side. Okay. That was insane. But like (laughs) I cut out processed food. I cut out, um, you know, all the super, like the the pastas and the breads and everything that you, that it was like carby, I guess. Yeah, and they're
1: convenient and it's they're easy convenient.
0: to do. Yeah, so I basically just ate like fruits and vegetables, meat, fish, um, no dairy even. And people thought it was crazy, but what happened was I started to feel... Amazing.
1: Yeah. And what I find is funny is a lot of people are like, Oh my God, that's so crazy. Like, what are you doing? Like you're yes. nuts. Why are you doing that? But the reason I think this is me thinking that the reason people think like that is because what quote unquote normal is now, like what a normal thing to eat now is so far from normal that eating real food is so foreign, but that's actually what would be normal if you want to use that word. So bagels yeah, let's
0: talk about that. Let's like, talk about that.
1: If you think of like, I look at standard North American diet, right? Um, It's bagels for breakfast, cereal for breakfast, sandwich at lunch, granola bars, pasta at dinner. Everything is coming out of a package. And most people might think, even though they might think they're making a healthy choice, so they're buying the healthiest granola bar that they can find or the healthiest whatever it is that they can find. um, They're like, I'm eating really, really well. And then as soon as I say, okay, look, look at what you eat in a typical day or a typical week. Yeah. And tell me, just break it down, like ballpark it, percentage-wise, what percentage of what you're eating is actually one ingredient is actual real food. And someone can go from thinking, oh yeah, I eat really healthy to going, whoa, maybe 20%, maybe 30%, maybe 50% is actual real food. You know, I grab an apple maybe, or I put some vegetables in my salad, but when everything else is coming out of a box or package, it really gets skewed and you're not eating as again, quote unquote, healthy or real food, whole food basis. People think they actually are.
0: So there's like, there's like a lot of um, misconstrued um, or misperception. I don't know what the word is about like labels and it can get really confusing. Like with those, like you said, healthy labels. So like, what is, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but no. like, what is the problem with eating a bagel every day? Like, why is that not the healthiest choice? Or a healthy bagel with spinach in it that says added omega-3s right? Or whatever. Right. You know? like, or um, maybe it's the cereal, like the healthy cereals.
1: Yeah. It's... <laughs> That could be like, there could go a lot of ways with that. The answer to that question, Yeah. but it's not necessarily, I'll use it here. I'll use an example of like cereal or like, let's say granola, right? Okay. Granola in itself, the concept of granola is not necessarily inherently unhealthy. Okay. Right. If you just wanted to make granola at home, let's say you could have some oatmeal, you could use some cinnamon, some, you know, some type of oil, some type of sweetener. Yeah. And you could make it really healthy. You could ma- use maple syrup, you could use coconut oil, you could make amazing granola. When I, if I was to go buy granola in the grocery store, yes, there might be some oats in it. Yes, there might be some seeds in it or whatever flavor it might be. Yeah. But if I was to look at the ingredients, there's probably upwards of 10 or 15 or 20 in some of them. It gets real dodgy that you words that you've never actually heard of and that are actually chemicals. So, people, so a lot of people will be like, okay, but what does that actually do? Well, it's not that it's like not necessarily a conversation about calories, but we can talk about calories because that also gets me fired up. Um, (laughs) But it's all of the other things. It would be like, this is an extreme example I use, but all of those chemicals and preservatives and things that are added, they're man-made, they're manufactured. There's actually nothing natural about them. We've never evolved eating them. Our bodies were not built to consume them. It's going to impact your digestive tract. It's going to can cause a lot of issues. My extreme example is it would be like making granola in this example by adding Windex to it you wouldn't do that so why do you want all these other type of chemical preservative things added to it
0: and so companies put those things in like why do they put them in then it is you, like what is a
1: preservative oh, what uh, is that what is a preservative like just yeah. like,
0: honestly like why would why would a company add well that? there's
1: a couple of different things is people the companies um, and this is not to say that everything in the grocery store is unhealthy and that you can't buy things that are pre-made. Yes. Absolutely not. And when I use the, the concept of whole foods, I never expect anyone 100% of the time to exclusively eat whole foods. Like, Yes. Live your life, Like, practice 80-20, whatever the ratio it is that works for you. Yes. Um, but if you're talking about store-bought things where the bulk of it might not be very high, very high quality... People are going to, um, people, food manufacturers are going to leave things like preservatives or stabilizers, thickeners or things in them so that they do stay shelf stable for longer. Cause if I was to make, I'll keep using the example of granola cause it's easy. If I was going to make it, it might get stale by the end of the week after I had it. If I left it out on the counter, whereas if I go buy a box at the grocery store, maybe it's been there for a week. Maybe it's been there for a month. Maybe it's been there for two months. And it's because all of these other things that they've added that makes it last longer, Another thing is flavor and they'll also um, find loopholes or way to cut corners so that the ingredients that they actually use in the product are cheaper, therefore they're lower quality so that there's a higher margin and they're going to make more money on whatever it is that they're trying to sell you, right? And it's not that I think they're malicious whatsoever, but food has become an industry. It's a business like anything else. So someone somewhere is trying to make money off of what they're selling you. Okay. Which sounds so sad, but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so in terms of diet then, yes, let's, let's let's talk a little bit about diets. Diet. <laughs> like, I really love the concept of eating whole foods. Um, saying I'm on a whole food diet yeah. is like a scary term to people. Yeah. And I think you and I agree on the same sort of philosophy about what what the word diet means. I mean, people that watch me on Instagram know that I have been on the Keto yeah. Gen X diet for like five months and I talk about the benefits of it and, and, and stuff like that, but it it can be a very like, con- like negative term. Right. You know, or controversial term.
1: Totally. So I, um, if you like look up the definition of the word diet, what the word diet actually means, like the dictionary definition, it says... Habitual nourishment or what a person regularly consumes. So everyone's on a diet at all times. Like you can't go on a diet or go on, off a diet. Like you're literally on a diet every single day. A diet is just what you're eating. Right. So the catch is just, is your diet that you're choosing to eat, whatever it is that you're eating, made up of good quality stuff or not quality stuff? And when you start, then when you start to talk about different types of diets, I also have no necessarily issue with that. Whether, like whatever, whatever framework. I think they're more frameworks. They become like labels like, oh, I'm vegetarian, I'm keto, I'm vegan. And it's like a label that you give yourself. Yep. But to me, it's just a framework of what your guidelines are because that diet hopefully makes you feel really good. But I, that's also why to me, it comes back to the quality of the food that you're eating in your diet. I'll use an example you can be vegetarian or follow a plant-based diet, but you can do it by eating granola bars and box pasta and not good, good, good quality food. So that's why you, I say for me, you can do any type of diet very, very well, and you can also do any type of diet very poorly. It's what you choose to use in your diet as food that kind of determines that.
0: And I guess that would um, bring in the word balance. Yeah. Somehow, <laughs> like having a balanced
1: having a balanced diet? Yeah. Uh yeah, totally for I guess there's two ways that people can look at that is like I'm having a balanced diet as in what I'm choosing to eat is well balanced like am I getting enough veggies am I getting enough protein and am I getting enough yeah. carbs fat whatever whatever might be and then there's the other way that people look at balance is um you know how often do I eat sugar and how often yes. do I drink wine and how do I find balance that way. So I guess it depends which one you're
0: Well that's true like um, balance can be like, you know, some days I eat salads and yeah. go to the gym and <laughs> some days I eat chips and sit on the couch yeah. it's like, okay, I got it. I gotcha. Totally. Like that's more of like a lifestyle thing versus like a balanced total diet. But yeah, I, I get it. So, um, another thing too with balance that I kind of wanted to touch on a little bit is, you know, Why? like maybe some of the, the negative connotations are stigmas against carbs or yeah. against fat.
1: Totally. Let's,
0: let's talk about that, that Those bit.
1: are both really big ones. Well, um, I guess
0: protein would be the last yeah, one. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but you know what? They all kind of have bad stigmas about them. So I always tell people, like go back to the moment where most people you were taught in elementary school, like you're taught about food groups, mm-hmm. you know, fruits and vegetables, meat, dairy alternative grains. And I kind of tell people... That's great. And like, it was probably very useful when we were younger or as kids to help like explain to you how to put your food together. But in reality, it's a really confusing way to look at food. So I tell people to erase it from their memory. And the reason I do that is because my body doesn't recognize when I put something in my mouth, Oh, tick, Steph got a serving of dairy. Oh, tick, Steph got a serving of fruits and vegetables. Like my body doesn't recognize what I'm actually eating. All that my body recognizes isn't is okay, she put that in her mouth. Does that contain vitamins or minerals? What's in there that I can use? And does that food contain carbs, protein, or fat? So to me, those are the that's the easiest way to talk about food is by using. Carbs, protein, fat. Now, over the years, um, a lot of them have kind of been through periods where they've been vilified and they've gotten a really bad rap. The fat definitely started out in the 60s and 70s, where that started. Carbs, like 80s, 90s. I would even say now, carbs are still like very, very confusing for people. And now you're starting to see, like I'd say, probably in the past five to 10 years, protein. People are getting a little bit more wound up about protein and quality and what does it cause and um, you know, is it good? Is it bad? In reality, um, your body needs all three. Mm-hmm. It can't function without one of them. Um, do you have to eat the same proportion as someone else? So I'm sorry, let me, let me explain that. I kind of look at it like a pie chart. So the full pie chart is going to be made up of carbs, protein, and fat. It's how you want to slice the pie that you can create different types of diets. So depending on is my slice of fat a lot higher than my slice of carbs or is my slice of carbs a lot higher than my slice of fat, that will help determine what type of diet that you're actually eating or what might work for you.
0: Okay. Now you said something earlier. I just want to go back because it's like, it was kind of like an aha moment for me when you said my body only recognizes like vitamins and minerals, fats, proteins, and, and carbs. So- what does it mean when I eat something that has very little of all of those things?
1: I look at it like I mean there's a couple analogies that you can use is um if you think of it uh like food is the building blocks that you put into your body in order for it to be able to do most people associate it with like energy and movement. Yeah. But it does so much more than that. So if you think of if I ask most people like are you concerned if you have a child, are you concerned about what you're feeding your child or if people don't have a child? Are you concerned about what's what you're feeding your pet or your dog? For example, most people are like, Oh yeah, I totally care. I want to make sure they have a healthy diet. They're like growing properly. All of these things, or there's at some age and it's, you know, maybe it's when you don't live under mom and dad's roof anymore that you kind of, people just stop caring and they stop paying attention to that. But in reality, just cause I'm not a two year old child, yeah. my body, my cells everything happening in my body, whether I'm 30, 40, 50, 60, I still need the same building blocks that that little baby or that little kid needs. I just might not need them as quickly because I'm not growing as much anymore, but my nails are still growing. My skin's turning over. My digestive tract lining is rebuilding itself every single day. So I still need those building blocks, even though I might not be a little child where people place a lot of importance on it.
0: Okay. That's like, it's, that's a really cool way to think about it. It's it's so interesting, and then okay, so so going back to the fat to the pie chart, yeah, to let's, the let's go back to the pie'
1: so, a, so a really simple way that I kind of explain it sometimes is to use another analogy, I love analogies is if you think of your body without getting really sciency about it, if you think of your body like a car, carbs, protein, fat all have really important functions in your body, so um, most of the time when I, I say the word carbohydrates, oh wait, I can pop quiz you back on your own podcast. Most of the <laughs> time when I say carbohydrates, most people think of bread, pasta, potatoes, rice, that kind of stuff. Yeah. What do you think would be other types of carbs <laughs> guys? I'm putting on the spot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, vegetables, yeah. fruits.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I'd say most people forget fruits and veggies are actually sources of carbohydrates. So like mm-hmm. carbohydrates, carbs, everyone thinks of like all that heavy starchy stuff but fruits and vegetables are really important sources of carbohydrates protein it's probably easier for most people it's that it's some type of animal meat or you can get protein from different plant-based sources as well be it lentils beans nuts seeds that kind of thing and then sources of fat a lot of people can figure that one out too you can have actual like cooking oils or you can be eating fat in let's say for example you have salmon you have some protein but you get some fat with it so right just to like make oily, oily, things, oily things, nut yeah. seeds, yeah. or actual foods that are predominantly fat, like avocado, for example, yeah. or olives, or something like that. So,
0: I love olives. They're
1: I mean, really they are they delicious. Are <laughs> if, you, if you understand, if you can understand what carbs, protein, fat are, to understand the analogy of the car that I was trying to explain is. The simplest way of looking at it is that carbohydrates are the gas that goes in your gas tank. So if you think, for me to get up, go do my thing, go to the gym, go to work, do whatever I'm gonna do, do, I need a certain amount of gasoline in my car for that day, and carbohydrates provide that for me. Mm-hmm. In the analogy of a car, protein is really important because it gives your body, your car rather, structure and framework. So most people know protein is really important for muscle mass, which it is. So that's why I say it gives your body structure and framework. Protein is also, in the analogy of the car, I like to say that it stops your car from rusting. And that's because it keeps your body healthy. So your entire immune system is made out of protein. So antibodies, all these things that keep you, um, that are resistant, keep you from getting sick. Protein is really important for that. So most people, especially women, hear the word protein and they think like bodybuilder guy in their head. But it, it has a lot more functions than just that. That's just what it's marketed for. So that's why most people know that. And then in the analogy of the car, fats... Are literally everything else they're the nuts they're the bolts they're the transmission they're the oil they're the windshield washer fluid in your body your every single cell in your body is made out of fat the cell walls are made out of fat your entire brain is made out of fat and cholesterol and every hormone in your body, whether you're male or female, is made out of different type of fat molecules. So my point there, and all of these things have more functions than that, but my point there is simply to show you that they're all, all really important and trying to be like, oh, that one's the devil. That one's not good. Never eat that. Never eat protein, never eat fat, whatever it is. Doesn't make sense because you actually need a little bit of all of them or some of all of them in order for your body to function optimally.
0: So what you're saying is you need to consume. A little bit of all of them.
1: Totally, and then so let you so you've got to have all of them in your pie chart to go yes. back to that. Yes, but it's how you choose to split it yeah. that can take you from let's say a vegetarian diet to a vegan diet yeah. to a paleo diet to a keto diet.
0: Yeah. Okay, so what is a healthy diet then?
1: Oh, that
0: is I know that's like a big it's a big thing. Yeah, I mean,
1: so. That's like, yeah, total. so that, to me, there's no right answer to that yeah. because for me to say, one thing that really bothers me in the nutrition community is how dogmatic it can be. So oh. I did this diet. It worked for me. Therefore it will work for you. Right. Okay. So
0: maybe I'll rephrase it. Yeah. What is a healthy body? Or a healthy functioning body is that harder? <laughs> is that a more challenging question? Uh, what do you want your body to feel like, oh, look yeah. like, work, function?
1: I think to me, the way that I would put it, or a lot of uh, holistic healthcare practitioners would say, it's like it's a body free of disease,
0: okay. basically.
1: Um, and what that looks like is different for everyone. It doesn't mean six pack abs. Yeah, it means more things like the simple things. Like, um, do you have energy? all the time? Or do you, or do you need six coffees to get through the day? Cause yeah. that's probably not healthy. Right. Um, do you, um, what's your mood like? Do you feel good? Do you enjoy yourself? Do you have fun? Whatever it is. Um, do you, um, have digestive issues? If you do probably not healthy, it doesn't need to look like I'm jacked. I'm a Victoria's secret model. It doesn't need to look like that. It's, do you have energy? How do you feel? All of those different things to me are way more important than any type of visual representation of it.
0: Okay, so if I'm a person who is tired all the time and I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm so tired, yeah. um, diet, like talk about how.
1: Oh, God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how it's linked to diet? Well, yeah, I mean, okay, so maybe let me rephrase. I was a person yeah. that was tired all the time, yeah. that was exhausted. I, I did weigh a lot. Yeah. I mean, I was overweight, um, I did have some health issues uh blood sugar yeah bio- really unstable blood sugar yeah. i was actually pre diabetic yeah. and i was like i didn't put the connection together that my diet was making me this way right like literally the only thing i changed to switch this around was my diet i yeah. didn't exercise more i yeah. didn't do anything i just changed the way i ate yeah and all of those problems disappeared yeah So, um, so yeah, can you speak to that? Yeah.
1: I think that it's like a hard, it's almost like a hard one to answer. And to be honest with you, people, I often get the question, how is energy linked to diet? And I, Mm -hmm. to me, it seems so obvious and maybe that's why I have so much trouble explaining it. Um, and, and I also think that one thing that happens to a lot of people is a lot of people will just kind of accept I'm tired. That's just yes. that's my normal, right? Like that's I'm just that's just what works for me. That's how it is for me. Yes. I'm always tired. I'm not as energetic as she is, or whatever it might be. But that's only your normal, or that's only what you think is your normal, because it's what you experience every single day. And it takes some type of a shift or a change, even if it's small. It doesn't need to be something dramatic to be, yeah, you know. Whatever, some small change to start feeling, actually feeling better, and realizing that you can feel better. To be like, well, who was I kidding? Like, what I thought was normal was totally not normal at all. It was just normal for me because that's what I experienced every day. But like, that's not, that's not living it. There's better than that.
0: (laughs) That's that's exactly what happened to me. Like, I thought it was normal. It was just my normal. It's, it's, it's crazy. And like, even now talking about the keto diet that I'm on. what people ask me what I'm doing and yeah. I, I, I do talk about it yeah. and I explain what the diet is. And 90% of the time their reaction is, Oh, I couldn't do that. Right. Uh, there's no way I could do that. I could never cut those things out. Like, and I'm like, okay, cool. You don't have to, yeah. it's not, if that's not what you want to do and yeah. that's cool. But I also remember a time and a place where I was in that mentality. Totally. Like I, I would rather feel tired and shitty then give up eating candy.
1: Totally. (laughs) And I say, like, this is what I do now, but, like, I used to be the exact same way. Like, it was give me half the bottle of ranch dressing on my salad and I want to eat a Michelina's dinner for dinner because it was easy and it was convenient and I was choosing the light option and I thought (laughs) I was, like, doing amazing. But it wasn't until I, you know, actually decided, okay, I'm going to change this or... I'm going to try. What's the worst that happens? You try it and you feel worse. And then you just go back to what you were actually doing before. But it's, it's the unknown. It's like anything, right? It's the unknown. It's scary. It's changing. I I would say the hardest thing about nutrition is not knowledge. Everyone thinks that they, everyone comes to me. They're like, I want to learn more about nutrition. And I'm like, you don't need to understand um, nutrition. That's not hard. Like you don't need to know all the ins and outs of the vitamins and minerals and all that thing, all that stuff. The hard part about changing your diet and nutrition is changing your habits. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part. People get stuck in their ways and this is easy. That's convenient. You know, it's 20, it's going to be 2018. It's busy. It's hectic. We don't have time. And the thought of, you know, as opposed to pouring cereal out of a box, which takes 26 seconds to, Oh my God, she's telling me I have to cook two eggs. Like this lady's crazy. But when you take a step back, you just need to wake up like maybe seven minutes earlier. It's yeah. not like, <laughs> it's not that hard, but it's the changing your habit that I think for yes. a lot of people is the hardest part.
0: Oh, that's so true. I like, and so when I did this, when I started eating clean, let's just say, yeah. when was that? That was like 2012. It was 2012. I was like, I'm not going on a diet. So yeah. basically I, I decided I was going to eat whole foods. Yeah. Um, in 2012, and I was like, I'm not going to put it. I'm. I, I basically, I actually did put a time limit on it. I said I'm going to do this for a year. Yeah, and I wanted to commit to something for an entire year. I didn't want to try it for yeah. a couple of weeks. Whatever. And so I did. I ate super clean, gluten free, yep. dairy free, sugar free, processed food free for a year. No alcohol, no caffeine. I'm very and proud of you. I
1: could never do this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
1: And I was like,
0: screw it. I'm doing it for a year because like I I find like diets when you have like the time frame, like two weeks or the yeah. whole thirty nothing against that yeah. diet at all. But after thirty days, okay, yeah, you're feeling great. But if you go back to the way right. you were eating before, it's just all going to go back to the same
1: thing. Totally. And I think that, um, I would say my journey is probably different. Mine was the, the long layered staggered approach, right? I didn't, it wasn't one day I walked into my pantry and I just threw everything out. Like that never happened for me. It was constantly learning little things and changing one thing at a time. So for me, probably the first, the first big change that I made was, just cutting out refined sugar. So I was like, it didn't matter what I was buying at the grocery store. I was still buying box cereal and I was still buying box granola bars and I was still buying, you know, pre-made spaghetti sauce, whatever it was. But I just made sure that every single thing that I bought didn't matter what it was. I would turn around the box or the jar or whatever and look at the ingredients list and find one without sugar. And if for that particular thing there wasn't, I would pick the one with the lowest grams of sugar. And when I started doing that, I started realizing, oh my God, first of all, this stuff isn't everything. And I had no idea how much by like sneaky little bits here and there, by the end of the day, how much sugar I was actually consuming. It's in my cereal. It's in my flavored yogurt. It's in my mid-morning, you know, know, granola bar. It's in this, it's in that, it's in my bread, it's in my pasta dinner. I keep using the same examples, but it's literally everywhere everywhere and it wasn't until I said that was for me that was the first thing that I committed to doing that just from that I'm probably cutting out at the end of the day maybe 30 40 50 depending on the day grams of sugar which in the context of a chocolate bar is two chocolate bars that I was consuming that were just stuffed in places I had no idea it was actually there not because I didn't know but I just didn't take the time to look it was just literally me turning over the box and looking and when I started doing that it was like light bulb why have I not been doing this sooner
0: yeah, sugar is a fascinating one. We should probably do an entire podcast. We could probably do that. Sugar? <laughs> but like just briefly like um it's under I'm under the understanding that 4 grams of sugar is 1 teaspoon.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So when you turn the box around and see that your granola bar has 12 grams of sugar, totally. That's and so does that mean what does that actually mean? So, does that mean that when you eat it, the body recognizes that you've just ate four teaspoons of sugar? Or does it do the same thing as four teaspoons of sugar? Like, what does that mean? Uh, what was that? <laughs> like, like, if, like, when you eat that and it has 12 grams of sugar yeah. in it, is that the same thing as eating four teaspoons of sugar exactly like does the body know the
1: difference no essentially the body doesn't know the difference and it can't tell I mean I mean the only difference I would give if I ate a f- actual piece of fruit which has naturally occurring sugar and it's coming packaged with fiber and vitamins and minerals and different things so it's going to have a different chemical reaction on the body. Whereas if you eat, let's say the granola bar as an example. No, it can't tell. And if it just has sugar in the ingredients and there's 12 grams of sugar and you mm-hmm. ate it, well, no, you might as well just had three teaspoons of sugar right off the spoon. Cause it's essentially doing the exact same thing. The body can't tell in that instance, what's happening.
0: So in the packaging, um, okay. So what I've found and I've, I've read, I've read a lot of books yeah. on this and seen the documentaries on the sugar and what yeah. it does to the body. Um, like companies yeah businesses have made um have done a very good job of making sugar look different on the boxes totally like i'm pretty sure there's like 500 ways yeah. to say the word sugar there's like
1: so many different ways to say the word sugar i tell people that one thing to, obviously the word sugar is yeah easy to identify if you're unsure anything that ends in o s e like yeah. sucrose fructose anything o s e is a form of sugar Um, but then as you say, beyond that, there's all these different types or words that are maybe it's derived from corn or it's derived from this and they don't have to use the word sugar, but it's in there somewhere. So to me, if you, to use this example, if you're looking at a package and you're like, I can't figure this out. These words are really confusing. I don't know. I was, the ingredients list is the number one, most important thing. Second, most important thing is the nutrition panel. But I would say the nutri- the ingredients is more important than the nutrition panel. To me, what's written on the front of a box is like, it's a commercial. It's just an ad. Just, I mean, read if it says granola bar is great. But if it says high, this low, that just ignore it. Because it's the same thing as watching a TV commercial. Um, actually, before I, after I worked in sports, before I became a nutritionist, I worked for a marketing agency and we did a lot of brand packaging. And I think that was probably one of the like straw that broke the camel's back when I saw how we would you know, food companies would take a small little piece of information and blow it out into this huge deal to try and sell whatever it is that they're selling to.
0: Yeah. Like the organic thing. <laughs> we did another podcast on organic. <laughs> yeah. Let's do another one. I was like eating these gels during the marathon that were 99% organic. I'm like, <laughs>
1: I mean, you can buy organic gummy bears now. You can buy, I mean, that's just, that's just telling you something about the farming production or the, how the animals were raised is basically what it's telling you, but you can still buy things that are organic, that are junk food. Like that's still out there too. That's crap. Yeah. That's
0: crap. Okay. So, um, back to like the real food and the diets and everything. Um, I just actually wanted to say one thing about, uh, changing the way I ate um, because everyone associates, you know, eating whole foods with being so hard. It's yeah. so hard. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I get that. It does get easier. But what happens is, like for me, or what happened for me is my taste buds started to yeah. change. So food actually was tasting so much better. It's amazing how all the processed stuff changes your taste buds. Oh,
1: totally. So I get that a lot. With so that for sure happened for me as yeah. well when I started, like I said, reading, taking out the sugar, like things that I used to think were disgusting. I was like, "Well, this is actually like pretty good." Like I thought hummus was nasty. Yes. I enjoy hummus all of a sudden. Yes. Um. But because back to my other point, that was your normal, right? So I didn't couldn't tell the difference. But yeah, processed food, all the sugar, all the fat, all the added salt. It. I mean, there's scientists in a lab trying to build food so that they're absolutely perfect. Mm -hmm. So that when you eat them, like every little taste bud sense in your mouth goes off. So it's this, they call it the bliss point. Um, And if you're so accustomed to that, and then someone hands you a carrot and they're like, carrots have a little, they're sweet. They're nice. You're going to be like, okay, this tastes like cardboard, right? Because you're so used to this complete extreme. Um, So yeah, it does take a while for for it to change it, to become adapted. But once it does, and I'm sure that you can attest to this, is when you go back to the things that you were eating before, you're like, whoa, this is nasty. Like (laughs) this is so sweet or so salty or just this tastes so processed Uh because you weren't accustomed to it. But now that you are, you're like, what was I doing?
0: Yeah. that actually is what happened. Like you want to know what the first thing I ate (laughs) after the year was over, I was like, I'm just going to do one cheat? Like I didn't do any cheats in this whole year. I was super like committed to my health and to my body. Awesome. And I I was like, guess what I ate? Okay. <laughs> what do you think I had?
1: I want to say like mac and cheese or something like that. Like that
0: would have or... been way better than what I I ate. A Big Mac.
1: Whoa! That is, you know. went right
0: for it. I like yeah, right for it. I went to McDonald's. I had this Big Mac. It looks so good. I thought about the Big Mac for like a long time too before I actually chose that that was the one. And I took a bite and it was like, I was, I was really hoping it was going to be this like, you know, magical moment of me and the Big Mac with
1: like fireworks. and The golden arches. The golden
0: arches. (laughs) And it was literally like sucking on a salt lick. It was like so salty, I couldn't eat it. I had one bite, and I barely swallowed it, and I was like, oh, my God, my relationship with you is over. (laughs) Like, I will never eat you again, ever. I cannot believe it.
1: Totally. I think, uh, like, oh, I love that. That's, like, amazing, first of all. I can't. (laughs) Like, that's amazing. But I think, too, once you you get to that place, you change your taste buds, all that stuff is – It's not that you're never going to have a burger again, right? You're going to have a burger. Oh, yeah. But the quality of the Big Mac is very different from you buying meat, making burger patties, and putting it on the grill, or you're at a barbecue and there's that. Like, that is very different. It's like that Mm. to me is the – I think of it – that's the spectrum of processed food, right? From one ingredient, like real whole food, all the way to the other extreme, which is so far removed from what actual real food is. My my food is – ice cream like i love ice cream and i would always buy i'm not going to use any brands the cheap stuff whatever i could find at the grocery store cuz it was any type of ice cream now it sounds like i'm a bit more precious but it's not that i'm being precious but i would rather go to the really cool gelato place in ottawa or yeah. go to a really great ice cream shop where they make their own ice cream because the taste to me in those two things is completely different now i don't yeah. it's just not as good right you yeah. want if you're going to have whatever it is that you want you want it to be really good stuff.
0: It's true. Now, like, one of my favorite snacks is, like, just a simple red pepper. Like, red peppers are so sweet yeah. and delicious. They're like candy. Yes. Yeah. Do you eat it like an apple? I, well, I slice okay. it. <laughs>
1: <Something> <laughs> like like Some people do. I think Something that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, know I slice it up, and, oh, my gosh, like, I have one almost every day, and... I mean, before all this, I would like look at people that had red pepper in their lunch and I'd be like, oh,
1: yeah, I like, could wah, you wah. eat that. Well, well. <laughs> so I'm so like, excited about my red pepper. <laughs> yeah,
0: So many things have changed. Okay. So, um, w- next sort of topic. One of the things I think is really cool is you do a real food reset. Yes. So let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. So, um,
0: what is it what What is is it so
1: the real food reset which i'm actually currently in the process of rebranding a little bit so it's gonna have a a slightly different name but it's close enough it's gonna be close enough that it'll be memorable okay um so the real food reset is a four-week nutrition program that i designed myself so i i always say that it's not a detox. It's not a cleanse. It's not meant to be the short term, really intense 30 days. Like nothing fun, hate your life. Basically. (laughs) I really created it because I wanted it to be an education tool. I want to teach people so that they understand so that on day 29 on week five, they're fully equipped. They have the information, the knowledge that they can grow into the, go into the grocery store and confidently say, this is a good choice. This is a bad choice. I really want the, what the program tries to do is really, um, dispel a lot of food myths to people. First of all, bring, bring it back to real food. So we're going to focus on eating real food for four weeks, but even within real food, there's a lot of mis like understanding, you know, is bacon good for you? Is bacon bad for you? Is dairy good for you? Is dairy bad for you? Um, should I eat beans or lentils? I heard some people say those aren't good for you. So kind of breaking all that down. Within the context of real food, I also want to teach people that there's no right or wrong way to do it. You've really got to find what works for you. So I've tried a whole bunch of different styles of eating. I find the style of eating that works best for me and what genuinely makes me feel good. Maybe it makes me feel good now. In five years from now, I might need something a little bit different, but I think it's important to pay attention to that for yourself and recognize your own hunger cues instead of having someone like me be like, here's your four week meal plan. Follow this to the T do exactly as it says. I would rather educate you so that you can figure out, Oh my God, I didn't realize I was doing this and this and this. And I feel really great when I eat that. And I didn't notice that before, or I don't feel great when I eat that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's, I love, I love that because people don't associate the way they feel with what they're eating. It's
1: no, not at all. We've it's, um, food, Food is meant to be like, the purpose of actually eating is for survival, right? Like mm-hmm. your body's a car, you need it to function. If you don't eat, it's not going to work well. But in 2018, food is gastronomy. You can get food, you can order food at like 24 hours a day. It's everywhere. It's in excess. So that's why it also makes it a little bit more difficult. We don't have to hunt and gather and go get our food um, or or whatever it might be. Everyone just wants the silver bullet or here's what to eat. Follow this. You'll feel better. But that doesn't work, right? Eat X number of calories, that's what you need for you. It doesn't work like that. What my body's more versus what my body needs today is totally different. And you gotta be able to figure out, am I full or am I not full? Why am I craving this? Why am I not craving this? Like, and everybody one's body's different, so you've gotta figure out what works for you, which sounds, when I say it like that, it's like sounds so easy. It's more difficult than that. But you have to put in a little bit of work to try and figure that out. Cause there's no, there's no one size fits all solution. There's no this is the perfect number of calories for you or whatever it might be. It just doesn't work like that, unfortunately.
0: Okay. So I like that because what you said, what I heard you say there was you have to put in a little bit of work. Yeah. So, um, which I, I agree to, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fear around change for people and fear about the diet and changing and making a diet and people are scared and they have yeah. emotions around it and all that stuff. And for the most part, if you are, s- Maybe I'm wrong here, but I would assume that if you're not exactly healthy and you need to make that change yeah. when you do, yeah. there's gonna be some like detoxing feelings. Totally. And you're gonna maybe have some really strong cravings or some moods. Totally. And like
1: I would say most people probably feel way worse before they start feeling better. Especially if your diet, let's say it's all processed food and all of a sudden you start changing you cut it all out, you cut out the sugar, you cut all of these things that your body's like literally addicted to and you cut it out, you're going to feel like shit for a few days. Yeah. But if you can get through that at some point, you're going to start to feel better. But a lot of people be like, I started eating healthy. I didn't feel good. It's because yeah. you didn't, not that you need to push through, but you didn't, it's, it's about maintenance. You got to keep going because there will be a point where you feel amazing, yeah. but it's getting through that because yeah, that does happen a lot. Yeah. The yeah. like
0: detox of the sugar, like Oh my god! I had a headache. I had a headache for like three weeks. Yeah, from going off sugar. It happened again when I did this keto thing. Yeah, because I don't even. And I wouldn't say I'm a huge sugar like a consumer of sugar, but like you said, it's hidden in things. And then when I was totally cutting out, I like
1: yeah. And in the example of like a when you're eating a high fat diet, like a ketogenic diet, like you are, you have the added layer of. When I was using my car analogy, I said. Carbohydrates are the gas in your gas tank, right? But mm-hmm. the point, the part that I didn't get to, is that carbohydrates are your primary source of energy. Mm-hmm. Fat is your backup. So most people always have carbs coming in because they're doing the bagels, the muffins, the granola bars, the whatever it is. If you decide you're going to cut that off cold turkey, all of a sudden, something like you did when you're yeah. trying to transition, you've kind of got to retrain the body because it's so accustomed to getting in this these forms of sugar, it's got to be retrained to actually use fat for energy yeah. because it. If there's always carbs coming in, it doesn't need to use fat for energy. But once it figures out, okay, the carbs aren't coming in anymore like they used to. Okay, this is painful. It's going to make you crave carbs. Eat them. Eat them. Eat them. Then you get through that. Through that. And then all of a sudden, your body's like, wow, we can use fat for energy. I totally forgot about that because I didn't have to do it for the past five years or whatever it was. Or and thirty once, years. Th- thirty. Yeah. yeah. And once it figures that out, it's like fat is really efficient source of energy. Yeah. Um, but you've kind of got to get to that first. Yeah.
0: I, in the, in the keto world, it's called being fat adapted. Fat
1: adapted is the term that is correct. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So like back to the real food reset, how do people, um, do this? Like, is this a one-on-one? Is it online? Like how do we get this program?
1: Yes. So it is a group program that I run and I've been running it for the past three years in Ottawa in person, but I'm very excited because in, um, the new year, um, I'm going to be launching it online, so anyone anywhere can participate in it. Uh, it's predominantly an online program now, so I'm just making a few tweaks to um, so that it's fully online, rather. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the first one will be run late January. It will start, uh, and uh, yeah, all the information is on my website, which people can find there. Knutrition.com. So Knutrition. K a y nutrition.com. Okay. Uh, yeah, you can uh, sign up for the mailing list to find out when it's going to launch but it will launch shortly after Christmas. You'll start hearing a lot about that.
0: Amazing. Yes,
1: it is amazing.
0: So I'll list all of that stuff too, for you guys in the information uh, for this podcast. Um, And, you know, connect you guys to Stephanie, if anyone wants any further information, but yeah, I think, uh, I think that was amazing. We did it. We
1: did it. That was great.
0: Yeah, I I I really I really appreciate you coming today. I love this topic. I absolutely want you to come back. We need to do one on sugar.
1: Yes, that would be a very good actually. That would be yeah. very good. Sugar gets me real fired up.
0: <laughs> yeah, we need to we need to do some more episodes on the uh, the cooking show too. Yes. <laughs> By the way, for anyone that like watches my Instagram stories and has seen this seen these episodes all of the recipes are from her website uh, knutrition.com it's not just about nutrition she has she has tons of recipes really great information on there so go check it out um yeah thanks a lot for coming
1: thank you for having me
0: so that's all for today everyone (laughs) i want to thank my guest stephanie k for coming on the show that was amazing For more information about Stephanie, her blog, recipes, and information on her Real Food Reset program, check out her website. It's knutrition.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at at Stephanie K Nutrition. If you have not done so yet, please go to Apple Podcasts, which is iTunes, and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Have a lovely day, everyone. Until next time.